Welcome back to Executive Corner, a generous produced podcast where we discuss real business and leadership challenges with industry trailblazers and offer valuable and actual insights that you can start implementing across your organization. I'm your host, Luke West, bringing you tomorrow's information today. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the first Generis podcast. Today's guest is Judd Williams. Judd is the Chief Information Officer for the National Collegiate Athletic Association and has served in this role since June 2012. Judd's responsibilities at the NCAA include all aspects of strategic planning, budgeting, implementation, and support of IT initiatives across the national office, membership, and events. Within the first two years at the NCAA, he increased the overall quality of IT results over 20 percentage points while reducing IT costs by over 10% and improving information security at the NCAA. According to the last two greatplacetowork.com biannual culture surveys, the IT department has had the highest department scores across the entire NCAA. In 2016, he was named to the Indianapolis Business Journal's 40 Under 40 and in 2017 was named to the Computer World Premier 100 Technology Leaders List. The NCAA has been honored with being named to the 2016 Information Week Elite 100 and the 2017 IDG Digital Edge 50 Awards. The NCAA was named to the Computer World 100 Best Places to Work in IT in 2017, 2018, and 2019. In 2017, he was named CTO of the Year by the IBJ. Now we're going to get into the episode. Well, Judd, uh, thank you so much for joining me uh, on this podcast. You know, you've been a CIO and in this role for a long time. Have you ever seen a situation like what what we're currently in with COVID nineteen? No, no, I, I've seen nothing like this. This is uh, very surreal, and and just you can't prepare for something like this. You've got all your plans, but you you, you can never see something like this. I started. Uh, my very first job right out of school about a week before 9-11. And that was uh, a little nerve wracking there just to, to see that happening, but, but nothing like this. This is, this is a whole new area. And you said there's not much you can do in order to prepare for something like this, but in, in times like these, sometimes we see a lot of innovation come out of moments because of all just the disruption that naturally takes place. What are some things that you might, or are expecting to see coming out of this time uh, from working from home, from COVID, from just all the operations that have kind of been in flux? I think for us, uh, one of the things I'm expecting to see, obviously the NCAA, we, we've lost a lot of our revenue with having to cancel March Madness. So we're going to be very kind of uh, cash short for the next year. Uh, and we still gave out a revenue distribution to a lot of our schools. So for us, I think what I'm expecting is that obviously everyone's budget's going to be tight, but I think to your point on the innovation, this is where I need to, and, and really my team and, and everyone on my staff need to think through, how can we leverage technology to, to address this cash shortfall? How can we leverage it to look at new ideas that typically would not have been asked of us? So mm-hmm. how can we look at using IT for revenue generation in addition to kind of our normal jobs of, you know, operational efficiency, cutting costs, saving time, uh, but look into those other new areas as well. Because at this point, 
it, it's wide open for us and it, it's there for us to take that step and really figure out here's how we can help the organization. Mm-hmm. Not just what has typically been defined for us, but let's break through that and really start pushing the new ideas out to the CFO and the president. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to that approach of innovation and pushing that out to the to the president uh, and the CFO, how do you kind of get their buy-in during this time of that cost operations strategy? You know, I think that's something that a lot of CIOs struggle with in, in a lot of their departments and especially during a budget crunching time. So how is that something that you get their buy-in from? I, you're absolutely right. It is difficult for everyone. And even to, to this day, I was talking to someone the other day and I, I felt myself, I know the right things to do mm-hmm. and I still was regressing back. So you really, you got to start with either the business case or the final outcome spoken in business terms. And I think that applies across all levels of your organization. So it's not you go to another VP and you say, hey, look, I would really like to to leverage machine learning Mm -hmm. so that we can do X, Y, and Z. You've already lost them as soon as you talked about machine learning. But if you can say, hey, I think we can generate a couple extra million dollars on a $200,000 investment, would you be interested? And I think that's where, Mm -hmm. again, at, at at the CIO level, at the director level, even at the lower levels, if everyone on your staff can be talking the language of business and outcomes, you immediately will have people's attention. Don't ever go too much into the, the, the technical jargon. And if you ever find yourself using the phrase like a neural network or anything like that, you got to stop. You got to go back and focus on what they're interested in and crowd, in this case, what are the obstacles that everyone is facing? So again, it's, I think I can generate a couple extra hundred thousand bucks or a couple million bucks doing this project. You're going to get that interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another conversation that is, is uh, obviously happening during this time is employee management. Um, you know, with work from home strategies, uh, having to be kind of forced on companies, how are you managing in this time and how are, was a work from home strategy something that you had in place beforehand? Was it an easy mix? How are you managing that kind of shift in culture and, and office dynamics? So you asked a couple of different things there. So did I prepare for this specific work from home? No. But years ago, I did prepare for allowing my the users of my organization to be able to get to their data easier, faster, while being secure. So we had a cloud strategy probably starting in like 2012, 2013, we were, we'd already moved our email into the cloud by 2014. So we had already been moving to this place again, not under the guise of this is our work from home strategy. This was just our general strategy to make things easier for our users and focusing on that user experience mm-hmm. so people can get their job done. Our, our thought process was, was just that people just want to do their job. Don't make it difficult for them. So you don't want to, hey, I got to go over here to get this data and I got a VPN in to go over here to do it. Is there an easier way to do it? And that's what drove us for years. Now, related back to the culture uh, and and how my team is adjusting through this, uh, it's been remarkable. And I I credit a lot of that to a lot of my directors. And and we've been trying to have a, a work from home for years now anyway. So the fact that we just basically extended it and made it every day has not been detrimental to my staff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I also have uh, a, a lot of that just comes down to you and your leadership team. For me, I do focus on transparency. I, I do focus on people's stress and anxieties first. This mm-hmm. is this is a whole uncharted territory for them. And so coming in like that and, and making sure that their family's okay, that they're, you know deep down they're worried about their jobs. We'll, we'll talk to that. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, this is what's happening. This is the plan. And, and you don't focus on the work aspect so much at, at, at this particular moment because you know they're worried. Mm-hmm. Some of them are scared. Some of them are just fine. But in every group, you're going you're gonna to have some folks who are the kind of the worry works. And so really work with them. And then I found I've been talking to a lot of my staff one-on-one more often through this. And it's just reaching out, uh, keeping it light, and just say, hey, what are you up to? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've built, I feel like I've built that credibility with my staff long before now. Because this is how I was before. I, I know what's happening in a lot of my staff's lives. I'm, I know like how old their kids are, what they're doing, and kind of what everyone's doing. Uh, so here's just a natural extension. I'm just, I'm just doing more of it now, mm-hmm. which is not what I would have thought would have happened with it. But and, and treating them all like professionals, I, I, I think they appreciate that. Uh, so we've actually seen no drop off in our productivity. In fact, we've probably mm-hmm. seen a little bit more, just because now it's it's easier to get a hold of people. Uh, we don't have an hour to two hours in the car every day driving to and from work. So I, I would say our staff is, is quite more productive. Yeah, that's amazing. That's something that I've talked to a couple other CIOs about as well. And they've said that they feel the productivity is actually increased at their companies as well. But you also mentioned about stress and anxiety that it's just natural to happen in this time as you know, there's furloughs at a lot of organizations and whatnot. How is the NCA ensuring kind of the mental health of your employees during this COVID pandemic as a, as a leader, is there a process that you have or that you've come up with as a leadership team? Can you kind of go into a little bit about that? Certainly. So I think for, for the more direct me and my leadership, uh, a lot of what our focus is on is providing the, the readily available showing up to law staff meetings before the infrastructure team has a daily nine o'clock stand up. And I would show up occasionally, but now I'm showing up more frequently. And I just think them seeing the leadership there, we're not rattled. I think it gives that reassuring presence. We also do all the, the fun, silly stuff that everyone else does as well. So in that nine o'clock infrastructure, we always have the crazy hats, uh, see who can, who can do the craziest, who can have the, the craziest background. Mm-hmm. in their, yeah. the video conferencing. I, we, we do all that and the leadership encourages it because it does. It builds the camaraderie. It lets people laugh. And, and then also there's been an odd effect of when we actually are, are going back to normal work initiatives and projects, that normalcy also helps a lot. So as we've transitioned out of the, how do we handle the coronavirus? How do we handle everyone from working from home? Now that we're getting back to the projects that we had before, that's also bringing back some normalcy. Now, mm-hmm. at a higher level across the organization, our chief medical officer, Brian Hainline, he's been doing a great job of sending out tips and tricks. And, hey, uh, we've got a, on our intranet, we've got, hey, here are how people are working out mm-hmm. uh, these days. And they got pictures of people working out. And, hey, this is what we're doing. 
Uh, we've got a lot of mental health things uh, that are going out. Hey, just make sure you're getting up, getting out. If you've got a video conference you, or you have a Microsoft Teams or whatever, make sure you're doing the video portion of that so you can see people and interact with people. Uh, so they send out a lot of tips like that, even down to nutrition. Mm-hmm. On hey, here's some things you might want to do to to help get you through this. So they're they're sending out a lot of stuff, and we're trying to promote a lot of stuff as well from our leadership team. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think as as a leadership team, you know, even for myself, it is so important to see that that leadership buy-in, that leadership support during this time, because there's just so much uncertainty, obviously, that is coming with this current situation, and and to know that you're still allowed to have that kind of office culture through video. It's something that's very important for, I think, a lot of young employees or maybe on the employees that there might be, again, as you said, kind of more on the worrying side of things. Um, so I can definitely relate to that as well. And I'm really interested in kind of hearing what your perspective is on what is the role going to look like of the CIO coming out of this? Because even you, as you mentioned just now, you've seen kind of a rise in productivity what's going to be your change in approach to when you know when we go back to office if if that happens sooner or later what kind of is your angle on that i i think it's going to be different for every organization uh, I, I think for us uh you're you're still going to be thought of as sometimes as the back office i don't know if a lot of it leaders are are getting the recognition uh, that they deserve in this time to have set up a lot of these organizations to work from home. Sometimes these things work seamlessly and other executives don't notice and they just take IT for granted. So I, I, I think, again, in, in different organizations, it's going to mean different things. I think for us, given that we're in a new world, we've had this digital transformation kind of thrust upon us. And now everyone's been working from home. Everybody's been leveraging all the different technologies. We're still able to have meetings. We're still able to get everything done that we did before. I think it's going to lend a lot of credibility to IT going forward. And I think IT leaders need to take that credibility, take that temporary boost, and then walk through the door with your different innovation ideas. Again, focusing on business results, Mm -hmm. talking about, hey, this worked really well. We were able to leverage all this and, and, and keep the organization operating. Let's go another step. Let's leverage technology to do, save half a million here, save 10 millions here, and, and let a partner with us. You've trusted us. We've led you here. Now you got to keep pushing mm-hmm. that advantage. Because yeah. again, if this has opened up other executives' eyes to the role of IT. And I think if IT leaders are good business partners and they're good at marketing their success to build that credibility, I think you keep going down that path and just start keep pushing new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of IT leaders, just my, my personal opinion, a lot of IT leaders are frustrated that their organization is not more uh, technology focused uh, than it is. And a lot of that is CIOs keep being asked to, to come to the, the table and they're not getting that. And I think, IT has got to go out and start showing value. Maybe don't always ask for the permission, ask for the forgiveness. And I think because IT leaders hold the keys to the kingdom, they've got Mm -hmm. the data, they've got, they understand process better than a lot of the other folks. Use that and push IT across the organization to keep building that credibility. And then you're going to be seen 
as a key factor for the organization moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think that's an amazing point as well, because even in this time, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, increase of, of phishing and hacking across people because, you know, they're at their home IP addresses. There's a lot more uh, risk involved from a cyber stance, but there's also all that data interpretation that has to happen. Like the fact that you know that you're being more productive, even though you're kind of separate from each other, I'm sure that takes a little bit more data interpretation and analysis, which is most likely an, an IT focused um, example. Or And so I, I really like that idea of, of honing in on this is use this and see this as a strength of IT and as a reason to get that seat at the table, especially as work from home strategies could increase or cybersecurity issues could increase. Um, so I really like that point as well. And then I guess in the case of what can IT do in the new environment and how can you prepare for the future or if there is an event like this again, what are some, some tools and technologies that maybe you're looking at or how are you looking to stay prepared for, for the future? Well, I think in any kind of situation like this, um, obviously you're going to see what's broken and what's not working well. So for, for us, we're about 90, 95% in the cloud. It's really obvious now what's not in the cloud uh, because that's now a big pain for a lot of our users. So obviously coming out of this, we're going to focus on that, the remaining 5 to 10% that's not in the cloud. How can we either get that to the cloud or find a good workaround so I think that's going to be number one is fix what was broken out of this uh, this time. So things will pop up. I think two, prepare your staff and prepare your infrastructure. So we're, of course, cutting a lot of our budgets. Uh, but one of the things I kept was a subscription to this kind of all IT employee training group that, that we, we pay for. But it, it provides training on everything. And so I'm asking people, hey, during this time, I know you're, you're still busy, your work is still going, but if you have free time, go look at new technologies. Mm -hmm. Go look at RPA. Go take a crash course on machine learning. Because uh, in my opinion, the group that understands the business processes of your organization or NCA for us, uh, obviously the business units, but the developers. The developers sometimes know the business processes better than the business units. We've had cases where We've had business units call the developer and say, hey, why is this application behaving this way? Oh, well, it's because of X, Y, and Z. You can't have someone vote on that if they're in that conference. And, and you would think that the business unit would know that, and, and they don't. Mm -hmm. So I try to empower my staff to say, hey, here are the tools to help you learn the new technology. Try to apply that and think through the business side of things. Look at the process. Look at the efficiencies and where, hey, where there are a lot of humans kind of getting into the process. How can we leverage that or use machine learning to automate some decision making? Look at those things or look at where a lot of our dollars are going in our processes. And so kind of help the developers go into that, that space. I think for us going forward, it, it's probably going to be the same tech stack that a lot of other groups are using as well. So yeah, we're looking at how do we leverage RPA? Uh, how can we keep using machine learning a little bit more uh, outside of, of what we've been using it for, really more on the data side? But how about image recognition? We get a quarter million uh, high school transcripts from seniors who want to become collegiate student athletes. Well, how can we process those quarter million transcripts without having someone manually enter it into a machine? Mm -hmm. So we're looking at those types of, initi of initiatives. 
And then I think the, the other thing is, in addition to preparing your staff, giving them the technical skill set, is make sure you've got a strong architecture that's robust and, and can accommodate all of these new technologies. So uh, we just moved, we were tied to a uh, on-site server provider. We're now in the public cloud. So we're now able to leverage all the tools that come with being in the public cloud. So that's the other thing is that I want to get my people trained up on that as well, understand the capabilities that are out there, and then how can we leverage that as well and give the, the underlying foundational tools that allow you to grow. So I think that's one of the biggest inhibitors for a lot of these folks as well. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like a lot in there is you're telling your employees to really hone in on, on problems, identify problems, and come up with solutions. Is this kind of giving a, a whole new meaning to the term agility for you? You know, you hear about agile a lot in IT and CIO units, but this is, you know, agility kind of thrust upon you. How are you seeing that adapt and, and change and change right now? Uh, I would say it's been empowering. I think uh, at the NCAA for years, we were the order takers. The, the business units would come to us, hey, we want X, Y, and Z. And we, at the time, always had to say yes. So I'm working to build up the skill set, and I, I've put into everyone's performance review that they've got to spend 10% of their time focusing on something new, some innovation, something that interests them that we can apply back. And I think we've had some key successes, and, it, and, and what it's doing is creating this snowball effect that a lot of my staff are seeing, hey, we've rolled out NET, which is the advanced data analytics to help us choose teams for the basketball tournament. Uh, we've rolled out uh, like the transfer portal, which you always see every, almost every day on ESPN. Um, we've pushed out some cool new technology, and it's getting the team excited because mm -hmm. they're seeing, hey, if I'm doing something really cool, first, it's fun, and then, two, it gets out there, and people are starting to notice it. So it, it's building upon itself, and I think coming out of this, even asking, I, I was talking to my staff today, I'm getting a paper ready for the CFO to say, when we come back in office, these are 15 initiatives that are way outside the normal scope of responsibility for IT. A lot of them are new revenue generation ideas. Let's take advantage of it. So I know the CFO will be excited about it, but my staff is excited about it as well because they're seeing, hey, I'm not just, again, I'm taking that order. I'm just doing my website and then I go on. I'm asking them, what are you seeing? Where can we improve things? And then let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're really excited about it. I think that that excitement just keeps building. Yeah, I think that's a that's a wonderful approach that you're taking over this time, and definitely that learning process, growth mindset initiative is really cool to see because I believe as well that if you get employees really excited about the product that they're building, um, mm -hmm. it becomes really unstoppable. Um, but Judd, I think that's all the questions I have for you right now. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing what the NCAA is doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. And hopefully when, when you go back to office, you implement all these ideas and, and uh, so. we see some real change, you know, as, as, a, as a culture, as a country, when it comes from these, all these technologies and tools and work from home practices. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate uh, doing this with you. Yeah, you as well, Judd. And, and uh, you know, if you're ever interested in doing this again, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how many people uh, don't like this first. <laughs> I'm sure I will be very few. No, this will be great. <laughs> 
Judd will be speaking at this year's American CIO and IT Summit in October alongside executives from companies like Disney, Airbnb, PayPal, FedEx, and much, much more. You can find out more information about this year's agenda at CIOAmerica.com. Again, that's CIOAmerica.com. 